we have heard that a half a million children have died. I mean, that's more children than died when, when, in Hiroshima. And, and, you know, is the price worth it? I think this is a very hard choice, but the price, we think the price is worth it. Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to the Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast. This is your host, Mance Raider. This is episode 79. It's going up on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, eVooks, YouTube, and I'm going to throw it up on DTube, which is part of Steemit. Go over there and check out DTube, check out Steemit. There's a lot of great content being posted on there that's not being posted anywhere else. I want to remind you about my book, Freedom Through Memedom, The 31-Day Guide to Waking Up to Liberty. It's selling very well, and I had somebody order on the last day of January 28 copies. They ordered 28 copies in one order off of Amazon. My hope and my fantasy about it is that they're using it for a class or planning on giving it away to a bunch of people. But it tells me that that book, its simplicity, its brevity, its powerful message is resonating with a lot of people. So check it out. Like like I've said before, it's available on Kindle. And you can have it in a couple seconds with Kindle. Today, I am talking with Lynn Ulbricht. Lynn is the mother of Ross Ulbricht. Ross Ulbricht, in my opinion, is a political prisoner of the United States. He started the website Silk Road. And, well, I'm going to let Lynn tell this story. Because if you don't know this story, this is going to shock you. There have been so many lies told There's so much propaganda out there, so much disinformation about what Ross's case is about. And Lynn just hits every point and shows how basically someone was given two life sentences plus a bunch of other, you know, plus 40 years for a crime where there was no victim whatsoever. I just want to let you know her website, the website she set up is freeross.org. Um, she's going to mention it a couple times. All the information you need to know about this travesty, about this incredibly upsetting court case is on there. And, well, I'm going on and on because this is something, this case is very, very personal to me. I consider it attack an attack on liberty, and an attack on what I believe. So I appreciated Lynn coming on, and nobody can tell this story better than she can. So without any further delay, here is Lynn Ulbricht. I'm on today with Lynn Ulbricht. How are you doing today, Lynn? I'm good, thanks. Cool. I, From what I understand, you got to spend a lot of time with Ross today. Um, how's Ross doing? He's doing uh, well. Um, yes, one good thing about a USP maximum security prison where they're keeping him is that uh, we there are generally, if there's not a lockdown or something else, um, three days of visiting available. Um, and it goes from, well, by the time you get in there, it's more like nine o'clock till about quarter of three. So we really get to spend, you know, visit and spend time together, play cards, um you know, really talk, uh, get into things. And um, it's been wonderful because in New York for three and a half years, we had one hour if we were lucky. And it goes by very fast. So I've actually relocated to be able to visit Ross regularly 
because I feel it's extremely important. And other people visit him too, like other family members and his dad and all that. But, uh, you know, I, I want to be consistent here. And uh, <clears throat> so I've moved <laughs> and um, so that he can not have that be his only world, which is true for many people in there. One guy today in the visiting room, it was his first visit in seven years, you know, and some of them never get the, you know, it, it's awful. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so I, I want to make sure that doesn't happen with Ross. And, um, well, so. un- unfortunately, if you tell me that somebody hasn't had a visitor in seven years and they're in Supermax. Not Supermax. I, it's it, not Supermax. It isn't? What is it now? No, it's maximum security. Okay. So Supermax is, I think it's the only one in the country. Maybe there's more, but I think there's only one, and it is on the same compound. And that is... From what I understand, it's pretty much solitary confinement, uh, 23 hours a day, uh, pretty rough. It's um, supposedly where they put terrorists and, and very dangerous people, although Ross himself met a guy who was a white-collar guy who uh, was in there for 10 years. So I, I'm not sure exactly who gets to, goes to Supermax, but it's much worse than where Ross is. Ross is in a general population. The population happens to be many violent people and violent gangs. But he's not in solitary, which is torture, you know. I mean, they actually built the Supermax to not have windows facing the mountains so they couldn't look out the window, which to me is a bizarrely sadistic thing to do. Uh, You know, I I, I understand that many of those people are bad people, you know, know, if they're guilty. But um, that seems unnecessarily cruel. But anyway, that's... You know, from my perspective, but he's not in the supermax. Good. Okay. Good. I'm, 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 I'm glad yeah. that I got that wrong. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of people do because they were both in Florence. Yeah. Colorado, which is a big prison area. Yeah. Yeah. The um. All right. So let's go. Let's. Uh, it, it's like I told you before we started. There, there are going to be people listening to this who don't are hearing Ross, the name Ross Albrecht for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I am, I get emotional when I think about Ross because, um, not to make this about me at all, but I look at, I look at, at what he's in prison for and what he did. And I could see myself doing something like that. I could see, yeah. my, I, I could see myself with my beliefs started doing something like that. Mm-hmm. And he started, well, well, I know he, let's, let's say this. He, uh, in, I think it, it said in 2008 and um, and a little after that, he started studying. He, he was in the he started listening to Ron Paul, started listening to liber, uh started reading libertarian literature. Is that true? Is that is that what started yeah. him down the path? Absolutely. He worked on the Ron Paul campaign. There's a picture on our website, freeross.org, showing him with Ron Paul. Um, he got involved with Austrian economics and uh, really became on fire for free markets and the, the idea of freedom. Uh, before that, or starting in the beginning of that, he designed a video game that would was based on free market principles where people could experience a free market through a video game. And he was hoping that that would reach people all over the world. But, and almost got it published, but then he didn't. And so he turned to the Internet and created the Silk Road website, it was not about drugs. It was about a, an open market, a free market that protected the privacy of its users. 
and there were restricted items. I, I want to really make that clear to people um, because the only thing allowed to be mentioned at trial were drugs. They, they, it was product agnostic. It was um, it's what people wanted to exchange, you know, and they decided, except there were restrictions that created anything that created a victim or it was non it was not voluntary and used force was not allowed. So for example, child pornography was not allowed. Stolen property was not allowed. Um, you know, violent uh services were not allowed because they weren't, you know, for the, didn't meet that criteria, but drugs were allowed and it uh, mostly what was sold there for most of the time were small amounts of marijuana. Um you wouldn't know that from the media, but um, that is true. And um, people wanted to choose that. And that was the belief of the administration of the site was that, well, it's a free choice. No one's forcing you to do it. So it became really big and um, got the government's attention, not because of drugs, in my opinion, but I have a theory on that. But um, he, Ross was ultimately arrested and, um, now he's been in prison for four years for essentially creating a platform that allowed people to voluntarily exchange things. And they used the cryptocurrency Bitcoin, which hardly anyone had heard about at the time. And um, that he's been in prison with violent people. He's not violent. None of the charges are violent. Um, no one came forward at trial to say Ross had hurt them. He's not charged with hurting anyone and at trial. And, uh, There he's been for four years now. And you're right. Many people actually have told me that could be me. And those are the people that understand the bigger picture and understand Ross and have helped me a lot. So that's kind of a background. I mean, there's lots of detailed information at freeross.org if people want to pursue it and look into it. There were many uh, things at trial that were very unfair and just if you talk about fair trials, I mean, there were two corrupt agents now in prison who had the run of the site, not only stole over a million dollars, but had the ability to change things on the site. And in fact, act as DPR, who was Dread yeah. Pirate Roberts, who was the handle of who they said Ross was, only Ross and um, the person running the site. We know it wasn't only Ross because after Ross was put into solitary confinement under total um, prison um, observation, Someone using Dread Pirate Roberts' account logged into the Silk Road forum. So we know it wasn't only Ross using it. And there's other, lots of other uh, evidence of that. But he shouldered the whole burden. He was their trophy. And he's taking the brunt of it. And we're very determined that this is wrong. And to give someone, he was given a double life sentence plus 40 years. And when I tell people in the prison, other families, they go, well, what was your son's sentence? And I tell them, they can't believe it. And there's people in there, guards and other people that work there that have told me and Ross and our lawyer, Ross doesn't belong in here. What is he doing in here? This is this is crazy that he's in a place that are, there's full of violent people. And that's where he is because of this outrageous sentence. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Um, my theory about why Chuck Schumer and um, the government went after Ross is that Chuck Schumer was on the Senate Finance Committee and the Banking Committee, and I think they didn't like the idea of an alternate currency. 
um, you know, that they couldn't control becoming that big. I also know from what they've written uh, in Ross's in the papers in the motions that Ross in Ross's case, they said anyone who uses Tor has criminal intent. They didn't like it that it was private and anonymous, and they don't like that on the internet, even though it's true that dissidents, journalists, all kinds of people use Tor. They don't want the government spying on them. So um, I think these were the things that got their attention. And the reason I'm sure of it, pretty sure of it, is that the biggest drug seller on Silk Road got 10 years. The guy who was running Silk Road 2.0, Blake Benthal, which was actually, according to the government, virtually identical site with virtually identical services, except some months they uh, sold, it was bigger. They sold four times the amount of drugs. He never, he never went to prison. He's free. And yet they're saying Ross is so dangerous that he needs to die in a cage. But the person who did the equivalent to him doesn't need to be in prison. Yeah. When I first, when I first started investigating this, my first opinion was that the majority of this had to do with Bitcoin, had to do with counter-economics. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just, just this past week, New York Times um, Nobel laureate Paul Krugman, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. supposedly the, one of the greatest economists in the world, oh God, said yeah. that Bitcoin, it's obvious that Bitcoin is a scam and it's obvious that people <laughs> are only using it. I mean, in 2018, in 2018, yeah. he's saying this when <laughs> Goldman Sachs, when when some of the biggest investment firms in the world Drop money into Bitcoin on a daily basis. Use it, well, use it to, yeah. <laughs> use it to supplement their funds. And yet, oh, the only, the, the only use that this would have, the only use that this would mm-hmm. have is for illicit services. Mm-hmm. And, oh, there you go. And, yep. I mean, it's, there is, there is a, there are a lot of people that are just a tool of the government. Oh, and, you know, so. and, you know, yeah. And the government has to, the government has to make, every once in a while, they have to make an example out of somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's no shock to me if you look at some of the things Chuck Schumer said about what happened at Waco. Oh, I don't know that. I don't know about that. Yeah. I mean, the, these, these people are, they're, they're, Everybody thinks the government's there to protect us, protect our rights. Yeah, right. They're about control. They're, they're uh-huh. about control. And if you, if you challenge their control, they will make, they will make a project out of you. They will, they will mm-hmm. put their sights right on you. There's a, um, there's, there's a quote going around about, um, that's attributed to Ross and it's on the internet. It's been memed and it basically says, I want to use economic theory as a means to abolish the use of use of coercion and aggression again amongst mankind. Just mm-hmm. as slavery has been abolished most everywhere, I believe violence, coercion, and all forms of force by one person over another can come to an end. Now, mm-hmm. does does that sound like a person who was Originally brought up on charges of hiring hitmen. Mm-hmm. 
And then well, tell, tell us yeah. about that because that, yeah, th- that's the, to, to me, if you know about these charges and how they were used, it can tell you exactly how much of, how much of a, a circus this was. Oh, yeah. Um, well, first of all, to be clear, Ross was never charged at trial for murder for hire. Um, or as the media likes to call it, murder. I'm like, no one was murdered. Just let's be clear about that. No one was murdered. And Ross was never charged at trial. And um, there is still a remaining indictment in Maryland. It's been there for now over four years. They haven't prosecuted it. It's based on uh, the evidence of Karl Mark Force, a corrupt agent now in prison. And um, I think they, it's time to drop that. Hello. But they aren't. And um, But Ross was never charged at trial. And he, so that means he didn't have a chance to have a jury rule on it. He didn't have a chance to defend himself about it. And I'm like, why not? Why didn't you guys charge him since he supposedly did it and you fed it to the media and, and different media people write about it as if it's fact? Uh, is it because you don't have the evidence? Is it because you're using this to smear him? And um, so now one of the Ross and his legal team have petitioned the Supreme Court. And one of the uh, questions in the petition that they that we've asked the, the Supreme Court to answer is, is it a violation of your Sixth Amendment rights to have a judge who used the murder for hire allegations, never proven, never brought to trial, as an excuse to enhance Ross's sentence to life, double life. Is it constitutional for this judge to use what they call judge found facts instead of jury found facts? Not that they're actually facts, but that's how they phrase it in legalese. Things that the judge decides are true. She just decided. Is this a violation of Sixth Amendment? And there is a damn good argument on there that, yes, it is. You know, when you think about it, do we want some judge to be able to not bring it to a jury like we we have a right to have a jury trial, but to just decide? And by the way, she was recommended for Chuck Schumer for her position. Uh, to decide that, uh, yeah, these are true, and I'm going to use them to give Ross life. <laughs> and she said, I would give, I want to, I will give you the harshest penalty allowable by law. She would have given him the death penalty if she could have. Luckily, the woman was restrained by law. But it's basically, as Ross said to me, he goes, Mom, it's a, it is a death sentence. It just takes longer. You're going to die in that place, to spend your life in that place. For, you know, when I was growing up, you did not get a life sentence unless you were a mass murderer, terribly dangerous to society. It is almost unheard of for a first-time offender, nonviolent person to be getting this kind of uh, sentence. And so uh, as far as the murder for hire, it's never been proven. It's never been charged at trial. It was never ruled on by a jury. It's just something the government says. And believe me, if the government could, it would have charged him. They're not being nice and not by not charging him. They're not. They charge for as much as they possibly can. They charge him for false IDs because someone put false IDs on Silk Road. They dragged that out. Believe me, they would have put in murder for hire if they could have. Yeah. From what I understand, and please correct me if this is wrong, mm-hmm. that 
they actually were the murder for hire charges originally written out and then dropped after bail was denied. Yeah, the first five of them were. Um, what happened was at bail hearing, the night before bail hearing, the prosecution told the defense about it and um, that they had these charges. They went on and on at bail about how dangerous Ross is. We had 70 letters from people asking the magistrate judge to grant bail, put up their life savings, several people, because they know Ross and what kind of integrity he has. And they put up their life savings. One person, a couple people put up their home to make a, we've got a million dollars in pledges. And this was unheard of by our lawyer's career. And the 70 letters are there. The judge basically seemed to sweep them aside. I don't even know if he read them, to be honest. And um, just the, the prosecutor went on and on about, you know, this man is dangerous and all of this. Denied bail. And then two months later, they dropped the charges. Dropped him. And that was before the that, that was before the trial started. Yes. Yeah. But then there there remained the one charge in Maryland, which is based on the corrupt agent's evidence that they never prosecuted, but it's sitting there. An agent and who that could, was an agent who couldn't provide evidence who who wouldn't be able to. They'd have to pull him out of jail to testify. Oh yeah, he's in prison. Yeah. He admitted it. And the person who they said he tried to murder that he hit, put a hit on. That person is Curtis Green. He has tweeted that he doesn't think Ross did it. He was a high-level admin in Silk Road. He, he said, I don't think Ross Ulbricht has it in him to do that. I don't think, you know, he, he did a tweet it's on the uh, homepage of our site. Even he doesn't think Ross did it. And so it's like, could we, you know, this is wrong. And it puts us all in peril because if we lose jury trials, which we're fast losing, I mean, it's becoming really like you can't, I don't know, it's just becoming harder and harder and more and more people just plea. 97% of people just plea because they know they're going to lose a trial. Uh, the prosecutors run the courtroom. Um, if we lose that completely, we've lost a huge, huge pillar of our justice system and our potential freedom. And we're becoming, it's becoming like a, a you know, a totalitarian state. Yeah. It's, Who is that? it's, it's remarkable. I just, Mm-hmm. When, when I th- this case makes me angry and it makes me, and, and it gets me really emotional. I mean, like like sad emotional, and mm-hmm. because it, it it's a travesty. Now yep. we know, and you've seen this because you know we've talked about the article that I wrote for Libertarian Institute about yeah. just what a travesty this is, and what caused me to write that article on a Friday afternoon at work, and I, I wrote it at work. And, wow. and, um, was. Good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Reason, I, I think it was Reason who had put up, um, something about Ross's case and how unfair it was and trying to call attention to it. And it's almost like there are paid operatives to come in there and be the first comment to say, oh yeah, he wow. sounds like, he sounds like a really nice guy, you know, try, hiring, hiring yeah, hit men to kill exactly. people. It's like, it's almost like these people. And then when you challenge them on it, cause I'm usually, I try to be the first one to be like, and, and I, I don't get mad. I'm just like, okay, cool. Present the evidence. Yeah, yeah exactly. present your, present your evidence for this. What the, yeah. what the Wired magazine article? Yeah, the original oh, Wired magazine gosh. article. I mean, Wired used to be the, it, it, Used to be a pinnacle mm-hmm. a, a magazine in in the world you know in the world of tech, 
And they just, and it was almost like they got paid to write this, to write this article. Now, let me say something about that article. That's Joshua Beerman. He and some of the other cohorts, including Nick Bilton, who ended up writing American Kingpin, that book. I was told by someone that I'm positive gave me good information. He always does. And he's a friend. He knows them. He said they were fed government information before trial and um, about a year. And Nick Bilton has things in his book, and I haven't read it. I need to read the damn thing. I just really don't want to, but um, I need to read it. Um, that's kind of, you know, um, undisclosed that they had to have gotten from the government. So, I again, like um, Krugman, like we're talking about, there are people who are mouthpieces for them. And I feel like, well, you know, if you can't, Take it to trial and have it be go through the court system. You can always crucify him in the court of public opinion with your tools. And Joshua Bierman's article there was so sensationalistic, and it was completely, you know, it talks about Tarbell like he's some kind of hero. Tarbell was the um, FBI investigator who ever, experts all over the world said lied about how he found the server. Well, no, according to Joshua Bierman's little narrative, oh, wow, he was... So lucky. Wow, there is that capture. I see it now. You know, it was just absurd. And he also based a lot of it on the corrupt agents um, information. So, you know, I am very I was disappointed in Wired and I haven't really felt like Wired. I don't know. It's a mixed bag for me. Wired. Now, I, mm-hmm. I, I just want And other people, I just feel well, like, yeah. I don't know, you guys, people like you and others that I feel really see the big picture and are not statists. Um, understand what's really at stake here. Yeah. And otherwise, I really don't know if you do. It, it's really, it, it's, it, if you have your eyes opened to it, to what's going on, the, you, it, you can't help but look at this and, and just go, how is he in jail? Yeah. And, and the whole point of my article was no victim, no crime. That, that's what I'm, that's the, the one that I'm trying to get out there that, you know, there was no victim and everybody, you know, and then immediately, oh, murder for hire, murder for hire. Okay. To put this to bed, we know that, that Ross wasn't the only one that had, um, that had access to the Dread Pirate Roberts account. Well, that's right. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's. do it too, but that's, you know, not public, but yeah, he's, you know, yeah, but anyway, go ahead. No. And that's uh, enough. That's, a, that's enough doubt. So that should be enough doubt in any jury's mind if the court and um and yeah, Scott Horton, the great um yeah, I know the, Scott. Yeah, the great foreign you know, the foreign policy expert, the greatest foreign policy expert in libertarianism today, probably in the world today, mm-hmm. you know, says that when you look at when you look at a courtroom you have to understand that the judge, all the lawyers, even even the public defenders, um and the cops they're all cops. They all work. They all get paid by the same people. There, it's just one gigantic club, and it's and it's the just us club. And if and if you're not a member of it, you're not going. You, you're not going to get a fair shake. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, we we see that we see that clearly in Ross's case. So very clearly. All right. I um t- tell us about. Because th- th- this is another thing that this case has so much corruption around it when it comes to law enforcement. Tell us about the Bitcoin wallet. What? Oh well, like what about it? Like, did, 
hasn't it disappeared? You know, all the all the the bit um, the Bitcoin that he had made from the Silk Road wasn't that taken? Wasn't that um? Well, I'm not. You know, I've got to get clear about this Bitcoin thing. I um I know that there is a tremendous amount of money still unaccounted for. That uh, probably, in my mind, a corrupt agent has stashed somewhere. But they never accounted for it off of Silk Road. They did seize um. Uh, a lot of it, you know, I haven't kept track of it at all because all I care about is getting Ross out and the money. I know I'm never going to see any, and it's a, a right. well. But um, they seized um, money from the Silk Road side itself, including people who were uh, exchanging legal goods. Like I had a guy tell me I had gold on there. I was doing a gold business. It was perfectly legal. I took all my money. Um, so they just took it all and auctioned it off. And then recently they um, took the Bitcoin that's on Ross's laptop which is worth a whole lot more now than when ross got it when he he ross was into bitcoin so you know very very early um in fact back when i was saying that video game and everything it was like worth i believe six cents or something like that crazy and he had a lot of it and so <laughs> uh, in fact at the time i said should i get some and he said no mom it's too volatile i'm like oh that was really bad <laughs> that was so bad but anyway um uh, I haven't, to be honest, I'm, I don't know all the ins and outs of the forfeiture and all that, except that, you know, he's not fighting it. You can't, I mean, it's sort of like, whatever, they're going to get their money and, um, they've auctioned it. And, um, I don't really care that much because I know they're going to get it. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the money. I want my son. I want him out. I want him free. I don't want him in a cage and I don't want him dying in a cage. And so, I'm not a real numbers cruncher, so I'm not really that, you know, you know, can't really speak that intelligently about it except those general statements. Well, yeah, I, I wasn't bringing it up for any other reason than to just point to the corruption, surra- the law enforcement corruption surrounding the whole thing. That it's all this, all the, all these things have just disappeared. You know, you have oh, you, yeah. have, you have agents that were involved on high levels on the case who were in jail because of actions that happened during this case, that would be enough to take down most any, to, to be able to have the charges dismissed in so many other yeah. cases. Yeah, and, and they didn't, the appellate court didn't seem to care. And he's a, um, I, another thing, another thing that's very interesting is after Ross, when he was in solitary and all of that, um, someone tampered with evidence and the defense team kept looking through they they dumped like i believe it was six terabytes of material on the defense they do that that's another typical thing governments do they hold on to stuff and then right before trial they dump or maybe you know several months they dump this inordinate amount of material that no one can go through it's like a, a you know how many libraries of congress or whatever and um but they kept going after the trial and found evidence and it's written about on our website of another corrupt agent, allegedly, he said he was an agent, who was selling information to DPR and getting paid for it. But there's a whole conversation between him and DPR that was not, that was deleted from the evidence that was um, at trial and then found later in another folder. So there's this whole, somebody went in there who had high-level access and deleted it because it was implicated this agent. So that means there's a third agent because the other two agents were already um arrested i believe so it's not them or maybe they weren't already arrested but it was like he identified himself as a different one or something i can't remember but we believe it's a third agent and um i think there's probably more than three 
I mean, there was so much money in Bitcoin involved, and there's so much money unaccounted for from the site that it's like, well, where's that? There's so many, and there's a bunch of evidence that's sealed, undisclosed. There's undisclosed emails from the corrupt agents. There's the government just keeps things secret, even long after the trial supposedly resolved. Yeah, there's people. I, I want people to understand that Ross is a political prisoner. Yeah, I mean, I it's it, and and we've seen, and and there are other political prisoners out there. I are. I hate to bring up like somebody like um from the Charlottesville march last year, Christopher Cantwell, who is not a good person. I mean, I I don't think he's a good person at all. He was marching on the right side. He had horrible things to say, but he was arrested and. It, the, the bail was something ridiculous. Just and and you can't do that in this country because people say mean things. You know, right. it's, you, you can't do that for language. You, there has to be a yeah. victim. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're seeing that more and more. And it's just and it's about control. They're exercising. Well, people need to understand. It's just like with the drug war. You don't have to be pro drugs to understand that the drug war is wrong and, and it's being used, as you say, for control and domination. Same with that. Maybe what he said was offensive, bad, we don't like it, you know. But if if the principles that have caused him to, you know, lose his rights, those can be applied to anybody. It's not just, and this is the same in Ross's case. You can hate Ross. But the thing is, his due process rights were violated. We need to defend fair trials in this country. You know, it, it's 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 bigger than just the one instance. It's it it sets a precedent that's very disturbing and dangerous. Well, if if they can go if they can go after him because the because the, he's using I mean and I think and you know to me the reason the the whole thing with using Bitcoin is more than fifty percent of the reason why they why they went after him oh, yeah. and you know that. and I mean the Federal Reserve when you do you know the the if you if you look back to the 1980s and you look at somebody like um, the guy who was running all the doing all the cocaine out of um, out of South America, um, they did a whole Netflix special on him. It they never went after him until he was put on Forbes top 20 list of like the richest people in the world, and they, <laughs> and they realized that he had all this U.S. money. That Pablo his name was Pablo Escobar. And, oh yeah, yeah. He he was like one of the top. Forbes put him as one of the top five richest people in the world, and then the U.S. government got involved because he had billions of U.S. dollars buried mm-hmm. all over Colombia. And mm-hmm. if you do any kind of attack on their money, on their money supply, which is yeah. how they control, you know, which is how they control everything, which is you know, which is about power, they're gonna come. They're gonna come after you, and they're gonna come after you with both barrels. That's right. That's exactly right. And by the way, they're saying that Ross is a kingpin like Pablo Escobar because he ran a website. So allegedly ran it. He says he didn't run it the whole time. But um, they're calling him a kingpin, which has a life sentence of its own. Never mind the other life sentence. And it's really outrageous. Um, The other thing I want to say about the political prisoner thing is the judge made it quite clear at sentencing. She goes, we know you started this site for a philosopher for philosophical reasons. And I'm not sure it's a philosophy you've left behind. Now, you don't get to sentence people 
on their philosophy. And she said it's troubling and misguided and dangerous, the things that are posted on the site. And she referred to a post that said the government is the oppressor. Now, lots of people think the government's the oppressor. And you shouldn't go to have your sentence enhanced to life because you are part of a website where someone, unattributed quote, said the government was the oppressor. And she she referenced that. So everybody who wants free speech, everybody who's a libertarian and believes in freedom, uh, you know, anarchist, libertarian, voluntarist, you need to pay attention to this case because she said Ross was put in a cage for his philosophy. You know what? You can look back and presidents, former presidents have said that the government is an oppressor. The fa- <laughs> Yeah, the, the, founders. Fir- the first president of the United States, George Washington, said the government is a professor. He called it steel. He called it force. Mm-hmm. And so I get, you know, it, it's radical nowadays to agree with the founders. Yes. Apparently. It's I guess Judge Forrest would have put George Washington in a cage, too. Oh, they would have. They Screw would, him, they too, would, you know. So it's like, hey, he'd, he'd be in there. They would have stolen his wooden teeth. They, <laughs> they, they're. They're at the point now where, I mean, they've admitted, we've seen from WikiLeaks documents that there are people all over social media who are paid, who are are paid opposition to go into libertarian groups and to sow, you know, to sow discord to, you know, and they all come in with the same, and the way you can tell is if you're in any of these groups, like I am, uh, you know, Tons of them on the on social media all day. They all say the same thing. They're working from yeah. a, they're working from a script. And I also notice a lot of the people who tweet things about Ross, like oh murder and bring it up. They have like two followers. I'm like, why are they always like these nobodies? Seriously, I mean, you know, yeah. just well, I guess because they're plants. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't. Have, it sounds like you with like ten thousand followers saying it ever. The WikiLeaks emails clearly say that they that, yeah. that the government, you know, that they're, they're a government, they're paid government mm-hmm. agent. These are people getting a salary to go <sighs> on, to go on the internet, and they're getting paid by tax dollars to go on the internet oh, yeah. and do this. Well, we can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, just print the money or borrow it from China yeah. or whatever. You know, and that's something. Um, I, another thing is YouTube, right? Because YouTube sent me a, a notice saying, "I'm sorry, but because of your content, you have been defunded." This is our free Ross YouTube thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Well, that's okay because I've never gotten a dime from it. I don't ask for money on YouTube." So, but they defunded me anyway. <laughs> no, they're defunding. They're defunding yeah. everybody. They, they've I know. defunded Dave Rubin, who's you're kidding. A liberal. I mean, he he gets his videos defunded. All. I mean, he's a he's a He's a a married gay man on the left side of the aisle who just happens to um, commit the sin of talking to people who uh, who he doesn't agree with because he wants to learn their opinion and he wants to talk to them and he wants to question them and he gets defunded. So YouTube YouTube is not YouTube is not a place that anybody who doesn't have an opinion. you know, who, yeah. whose opinion doesn't tow the government line, the, you know, the, that, that, that leftist progressive line that's taken over the government. If you don't, if you're not towing that line, you're going to get defunded. So you're not looking to make any money on there. So, you know, yeah, I never did. I'm like, okay, why do you even bother to contact me? But yeah, no, I know a lot of people <laughs> who've been defunded. And, um, yeah. So if there was, if there was one thing 
that what's what's one thing that you would have people do to try to help right now to try and help mm. get Ross out of there? I mean, you're talking about taking this all the way to the Supreme Court. I mean, yeah. I, I want to be I want to be there. When, Good, I, I, I mean, I want to be I want to be in front of these justices. When I, I would love to be a fly on the wall and just look and, and see how they can look at all this evidence, all this corruption, things that the judge did that, that are. That, that, that are just beyond the scope, you know, beyond the scope of any kind of anything within the law that, that you know, that I've read. And how can, how they're going to be able to look at this and not just, if not say walk right now to, you know, reduce the sentence to that of somebody who, you know, a normal, you know, somebody, you know, time served because of selling weed, something like that. I mean, what can, what can, what, what do you want people to do right now? Okay. First of all, I wanted to say a couple things. The Supreme Court, by the time it gets to the Supreme Court, they don't talk, they don't go into the facts of the case or the details or anything like that. You have to present them with a couple of broad reaching principles that affect other courts to guide the lower courts with. And we, there are two in the assert. One is, um, that the government used, uh, warrantless, pen trap and trace um pen registers and trap and trace devices called pen traps they use warrantless ones to track ross and um the question is is this okay is this or is this a fourth amendment violation to track american citizens without a warrant without probable cause um the other question i referred to before which is can a judge constitutionally use an uncharged crime to enhance a sentence to something that's very unreasonable. That's it. That's all they're going to decide. Unfortunately, when it gets to that level, they don't get into the corruption and any of that. Now, what they can do, and they usually don't say throw it out at the Supreme Court level, they'll send it back to the circuit, Mm -hmm. which unfortunately is in New York. You know, it's about, um, that's a whole other thing. But um, the circuit will just take guidance from the Supreme Court based on how they rule and then address it again. Unfortunately, a lot of the decisions will go back to the same judge, which is unbelievable but true. And so, um, like, for instance, a resentencing would go back to the same judge who gave him life. It's like, really? Seriously? Now, I I don't know if it has to, but it typically does. Um, As far as helping us, there's lots of ways on freeross.org. And, of course, Super expensive to fight the government, super expensive to go to the Supreme Court. So we always need help that way. But one of the things I'm focused on now, because we are petitioning the Supreme Court, we are getting there, is um, if anyone has connections uh, in with powerful people in Washington, political connections, people that can help us, uh, I'm considering, you know, let's think about a pardon. Let's think about a commutation of sentence and get around some of this uh, corruption and you know I don't know I just need help with reaching out to people who have influence in terms of you know connections so that's that would be really helpful but there's also ways if you don't you know most people don't um, there's ways non-monetary as well as monetary ways that can help us on the site um, you know lots of ways so I just recommend go to freeross.org Check out the site and um, 
you know, I'm going to start, I'm going to start a petition, a new petition, and that'll be up there, but I haven't done it yet. I've been completely mired in the Supreme Court thing. But, um, you know, so we'll be coming up with ways all the time. We're not giving up. We're going to keep going. And it's not just for Ross. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I care very deeply about Ross. But after you meet the families in there and hear the sentences and hear what's, see the kids and how it's destroying their lives, for what they've done. I mean, Ross's good friend in there is serving a life sentence for selling marijuana 15 years ago. He's done 15 years already for selling marijuana and um, happens to be in Colorado where it's legal. It's just so hideous that this man has a life sentence for this. And, um, you know, there's lots of people that are being victimized and crushed by this system. So we're not going to give up for them too, and for our, all of us. I mean, you know, there's our digital uh, privacy. That's a big thing. I mean, there's a, so many big things here. So any way you can help us, you know, um, there's so many because it's just really me with help. I have help. But, you know, I'm look, I'm not young. I'm not super high tech. Obviously, I'm not really great with numbers and money and uh, in terms of knowing what's going on with Bitcoin. <laughs> and... Um, I'm just, you know, um, I can articulate some things and try to really keep pushing and pushing, and I'm determined. And um, I think there's a lot at stake here. I think we're at a tipping point in history where if we don't pay attention now, it may be too late. I mean, it's like, which which crossroads are we going to take? Are we going to go towards more government oppression and control, like you were talking about, or innovation and freedom and and you know really happiness and um life liberty and the pursuit of happiness are we going to go in that direction so um i think people really need to pay attention yeah i i i don't think i don't think there's ever been a case in my life that i that i've looked at a court case or somebody going to jail that 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 i've seen Especially somebody who shares my ideology. When you see mm-hmm. somebody who shares your ideology, right. and that that just you know, as somebody who wants to stay away from, as far away from the court system as possible, yeah, when I do see that. I yeah, recommend that. <laughs> yeah, when I when I see something like this, I you know I'm willing to step up and I'm willing to step up and say something, and I am willing to get uh, step up and get involved because you know this is the way the way I'm looking at this is this is. I want Ross to get out of there, but this is violence against my ideology. This is this mm-hmm. is an attack. This is war against the ideology of actual freedom, of actual mm-hmm. peace. And it's yeah. I mean, I'll do I'll do whatever I can to help. You know, so Thank just, you. You know, you, you know, we're, we're we're in constant contact on Twitter. So, yeah. um, please. Well, I love the stuff. You post some great stuff. Well, <laughs> you really do. It's fun. Well, I, you know, I, really... I, I try to have a good time out. I try to have a good yeah. time with it, but I also, I, I want to post stuff that gets people thinking. I actually had someone today say that me and somebody else changed their mind completely on taxation. And, oh. to, and, and you know, to, to hear that, you know, yeah. no one ever says that to hear that. So yeah. if, a, you know, if, the people who are listening to this have to under have to understand exactly what that 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 Ross is 
that this case and what, what they've done to him can be the beginning of something that can turn dystopic, uh, d- you know, dystopic very mm-hmm. quick. Yeah. And because this, this is right, this is, his case is right out of like that futuristic dystopian novel of the guy who's trying to do the right thing and, you know, yeah, breaks a couple of laws, but they're, of course, they're laws that are, they're, they're just arbitrary laws. There's nobody getting hurt. There's no victim. There's no, there's no real crime, you know, and, you know, it, people, people just have to get involved with this because if, if, if this is allowed, if this is allowed to stand, what's next? Who's next? Well, exactly. Who's next? And, yeah, it, exactly. And that's what I'm trying to say. It's not just about Ross and it's, you know, and you mentioned, um, other people being treated differently for political reasons. This is very alarming. <laughs> so yeah, I appreciate your support very much. I mean, it's like I need support and I need to get the word out more, you know, continue mm-hmm. to and um have people understand what it's really about and uh you know. So thank you. Well, really appreciate it. And anything I can do. Um I'm going to let you go now. I know you've had okay. you you're with Ross for 5 hours today, which yeah. is uh <laughs> which is awesome, but I'm sure being in that space uh is probably draining. You know, yeah, I got a lot of work to do when we hang up too. It's like a pretty intense time right now. Well, but that's okay. Well, I want, that's okay. I want, you know? I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for telling the story again. And I know mm-hmm. you're going to have to tell this story a ton more times okay. so, so people can get it, uh, you know, so, mm-hmm. so that as many people can hear it and get involved as possible. But thank you. Keep fighting the fight and, um, we'll, we'll be talking again. Great. Thank you. Take care now. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast today. I want to thank Lynn for coming on and telling this amazing story. Please go to freeross.org, educate yourself about this case, and if you can help in any way, please do. I want to remind you about my book, Freedom Through Memedom, The 31-Day Guide to Waking Up to Liberty. Check it out. It's on Amazon. Just search Mance Raider. It's the first thing that comes up. I look forward to coming at you later this week with another podcast. In the meantime, take care. Have a great week. Bye.